0: Welcome to Startup to Scale, a podcast by Food Bebby. I'm your host, Jordan Buckner. Join me as I talk to aspiring entrepreneurs, seasoned industry experts, and everyone in between as we unlock the keys to growing from startup to scale. Hey everyone, this is Jordan with the Startup to Scale podcast, and I'm super excited to be talking with Sasha from Safi Foods, a line of really great artisanal um, oils and vinegars and really great products. We've actually known each other for a couple years now, going back to when we were both in Chicago, and excited that we get a chance to catch up and hear about everything that's new. So Sasha, I'd love for you just to give a quick, you know, one minute overview of the products you have.
1: Yeah. Um, hi everyone. Safi foods is basically a line of oils and vinegars. Um, also syrups in sustainable packaging, mostly in the bulk section. So basically if you don't know what that is in a lot of natural and organic stores, you can go to like an aisle that, um, is just bulk foods. You can bring your own bottle and fill it with whatever you want. And you're just charged for the weight of the bottle. And then, I guess my other line is um, is to premium restaurants, so higher end, often Michelin starred or James Beard awarded restaurants um, that you know really care about like the quality of their food and the traceability of each of their ingredients.
0: It's amazing, and so super excited to see how their company's been growing and the focus on sustainable uh, packaging and having a sustainable product. Talk about like what that's been like in working with uh, both like customers and retailers, you know, are people really buying into and using the sustainable kind of dispensers and what's the reaction been?
1: Yeah. So they, it, it was doing pretty well pre pandemic. Um, and the way we have redesigned the whole bulk liquid section has made it so that, you know, people are excited about, about buying in bulk. Um, I think a lot of like bulk displays you'll find kind of look a little bit dirty. They don't have a bunch of very much information on it. Um, So we kind of wanted to make like bulk shopping like fun and and attractive for consumers to, you know, to get into. and so it does take, I would say, a lot of demos, too, to just, like, people are a little bit intimidated by bulk liquids and, like, how do I fill up my bottle? How do I, like, weigh it? And remembering to write the PLU and all that. But we've been working on signage and, um, you know, just just walking the consumer through the whole process.
0: And I say, you know, it's interesting because a lot of the new founders in our industry are creating products that are unique in terms of like using new ingredients or do completely new like form factors and so the good thing about your brand right is like everyone understands like olive oils and vinegars yet I think the problem that you know you probably experience is a lot of people think of those like commodities and think of them as interchangeable Um, and so you have to educate them on the like both dispensing and then also like why buy a you know branded product that they should care about right
1: Absolutely. Yeah. No, that you totally hit the nail on the head. Like what I found with working in the bulk section or even like me myself in buying in bulk. Cause I've, I've always bought like dry stuff in bulk, like oatmeal and quinoa and, um, you know, nutritional yeast stuff like that is that I like just assumed it was the lowest quality of everything. Like the most like you know, commodity, cheapest um, ingredient that the store could find. And I, like, really didn't want to have to give up high quality just because I wanted to be sustainable. So that's kind of the solution that that we've been developing is, like, you know, consumers shouldn't have to sacrifice quality to be sustainable. And here you can have it both. And also, like, you're using this ingredient that's used by top chefs around the country, like, Two, three star Michelin restaurants, but it's not crazy expensive because it's in the bulk section.
0: I love that. And what I love about this strategy as well is that you're able to get placement outside of the traditional like oils set, which tends to be either like a value shopper or someone looking for like. Uh, you know, Italian super premium olive oil, and right there's probably like a wide spectrum and very little room in the middle. Um, and so you kind of are able to differentiate that way. But it's also really hard, right? Like, talk about how COVID's affected the bulk business.
1: Yeah, COVID killed the bulk business. <laughs> COVID has been awful for most. Um, you know, a lot of sustainably focused companies. And yeah, a lot, a lot of my customers, um, either greatly reduced their bulk aisle or, you know, even closed it completely and are a little bit like scared to open it back up. Even though kind of early on in the pandemic, the CDC said that the likelihood of you can like contracting COVID from a surface is, um, one in 10,000. So it- there's a very low risk of it. It you know, traveling on surfaces, almost zero. So, but, but even then a lot of stores and buyers are worried that, that people are not going to come back to bulk. Um, The other thing too, is it's a huge education piece. You know, people have started shopping in the aisles. They found, you know, their favorite brand of whatever they used to buy in the bulk aisle and they have to like retrain themselves to shop in bulk again. And it's, yeah, it's been an uphill battle for sure.
0: Just from what you've seen, do you, I'm always curious about this, like the people who are shopping in bulk, do you think they're tending to buy like one or two items in bulk or are they coming like to the store with their, you know, grocery tote fill of like their own packaging and bottles to like fill up on all the staples?
1: That's a really good question. Um, I've kind of seen it all across the board that like, you know, so, yeah, some people have a handful of items that they... That they buy in bulk, but I will say a lot of the customers, at least that are shopping at the co-ops that I work with, they like to buy as much as they can in bulk, and they kind of bring in like a bunch of like bags and you know cloth bags and stuff like that, and um, and and bottles and just uh, yeah refill all their stuff. The fun thing that I've seen is like kids bringing their parents into co-ops and being like come on mom I want like our kitchen to be as zero waste as possible because I saw so and so on TikTok do that and so like let's see how much we can reduce our waste and I think that's like the coolest part.
0: I love that it's so cool I love how like kids are kind of driving that change and I've seen that in other products as well of kids influencing parents for like cooking healthier and going organic and using different ingredients and so You know that's an amazing change happening. Um, Yeah,
1: yeah, I definitely think you know it's like the future. Like I think every brand should be focused on sustainability, and um, because you know there's there's so much um, worry and talk, and you know trying to figure out resolutions to climate change.
0: That's so cool. Have you ever seen any? I'm just kind of thinking of the cop here, like uh, any stores that do like fill it for you in bulk. I know most bulk is like self-service, but I wonder if there's any stores that you've seen that essentially have like a person or staff member actually doing the bulk filling for them.
1: So I did see, this is a while ago when I used to live in Chicago, um, what, uh, Mariano's, they used to have a bulk person that would fill stuff for you. And then if you go into these like kind of smaller oil and vinegar stores, like around the country, um, they'll let you yeah. taste all the
0: products. Like and those
1: exactly. Yeah. They kind of want to fill it for you. Um,
0: yeah. I just let that would be interesting. Cause like, you know, a big problem is, you know, there's a perception that someone else is like touching all the other um, dispensers or not doing it correctly. And so I just wonder, yeah, there's more like a, you know, yeah, no. assisted model for bulk. If that would encourage more people
1: to do yeah that is really interesting actually um like when I do demos a lot a lot of people will ask me like oh like you go ahead and fill it for me it's like okay but um I'm obviously not always going to be there so my goal is to be like nope just fill it yourself because otherwise next time you come here you're not going to know what to do (laughs) um and it'd be a little tough to deploy like a uh person in every single store if we did scale but maybe if if there was enough emphasis on bulk sections, that could be something that stores would do themselves, you know?
0: Yeah, totally agree with that. Well, that's so cool. I mean, talking about doing things yourself, I know you're also self, um, bottling your products as well. Um, why are you doing that now? And talk about your experience as well, doing that versus working with a manufacturer.
1: Yeah. I mean, we've done everything. Like when I've, First, first started. I leased a little kitchen in like this big warehouse space, and um, we had this little kitchen that we were bottling out of. And then I found a co-packer, and and I was so grateful that I finally found a co-packer. And then I was just like such a small um, customer for the co-packer that they really didn't want to deal with me. And I mean, thank God that I had someone like on the inside who was like kind of a friend of mine or I became friends with while I was, um, working with them and she would always make sure that my stuff got bottled, but there were so many times where like I was living in Chicago, my co-pack was in Indianapolis where like people weren't getting their products. And so I would drive down to Indianapolis and stay a couple nights and just bottle everything myself and then drive back to Chicago. Um, and so when, We decided to move to Madison I was like okay I'm just gonna I'm just gonna have to take all this stuff and do it in house, Um, because I did have my own bottling machine and, and all that I was just kind of lending it to the co packer to use.
0: Oh my goodness. That is like the story of working with every co-packer, right? And I I tell founders as well, like I had no idea of this going into it as well. Like their whole business is to sell very, or to make very simple things at high volumes. That's how they make money. Yep. (laughs) And anything that's like specialized or small, just like doesn't work for their model, their business model. And so it's really tough for companies to get started
1: yeah i don't yeah I don't know any companies and and like even our stuff it's a lot of it's really simple, like we're bottling oil and vinegar, but yeah they just you know they don't want to deal with it it costs them like a lot of money to to set up and to sanitize and all that stuff and so I don't know it's uh yeah it it made a lot more sense for us to do it in house
0: that's awesome um so what's next for Safi Foods that you're looking to do?
1: Um, I, I still want to focus on the um, on the bulk section. Oh, yeah. I did want to share like some failures of mine so that your audience knows. Yeah. Um, we pushed really hard online because all of my mentors and everybody around me was like, oh, you got to pivot pandemic. And um, yeah, i I feel like if I hear the word pivot again, I'll just like hit myself in the head. (laughs) It's like, yeah, it's, it took me years to build up my business. Like it's going to take me years to pivot. Like it just doesn't happen that quickly, but I still did it. I went on Amazon. I also um, started running Facebook ads and we just like, blew through so much money on Facebook. It's really expensive to advertise on Facebook. And um, we just never saw the returns. Um, So yeah, I guess, I have seen some brands just kill it. But the only brands I've seen do really well on Facebook are spending like 10s of 1000s of dollars, like a month, you know, so.
0: Oh, my gosh, that's so true. And I mean, I, I joked here, so I was like, I should open up a business where like, because starting out for months, a lot of brands will see like a cost of acquisition at like $30 for mm-hmm. $40 on Amazon, which is ridiculously high. And I was like, well, you know, just pay me like 30 bucks. I'll go find someone, give them $15 to try your product. And then I'll yeah, get right.
1: $15. <laughs> that is a great idea. Yeah, that just, just stand outside of like, you know, some like nice grocery stores or nice restaurants and be like, here, I'll pay you $10 to try this. Yeah. <laughs> it's still cheaper than Facebook.
0: I know it's ridiculous. So not, I, the, you know, I, I realized like, like how, that's why they're making so much
1: money. <laughs> What's that?
0: I was like, that's why they're making so much money in like these big companies. Cause it's so easy. Cause it's the, the allure is so good as a company, right? Because you're like, Oh, I can potentially reach millions of people. And I know it's going to take a little while, but. It it always goes a lot slower than than you want.
1: Yeah, and then what hit us was one the the elections threw off like like Facebook advertising in general um, because obviously you're competing with all these big campaigns, and then two the iOS update is basically when we were like, all right, we're done um, because the iOS update, which you know was great because it gave Apple or I i iPhone consumers more privacy, um, it also meant that we lost a lot of um, consumers that we could uh, target. So um, yeah, but again, like I'm definitely pro privacy. And so I, I think it was probably a good call on Apple's part, but that's what made
0: us pull the plug. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I, I definitely hear that. And there are definitely some, right? You're shipping... Um you know, heavy liquids in glass bottles often. And that's just a tough product to make work online without making it so expensive.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You, yeah, hit the nail on the head. Awesome.
0: Any other um, learnings that you've had?
1: Um, No, I mean, I guess I just like to be like really honest with people in case it like helps them get through a really tough time if they're also having one you know my business was focused on bulk um, grocery and food service and we you know still are down probably 50 percent of what we were doing pre-covid so like if anyone else is out there just like hang in there like we're all suffering with you (laughs) not everyone is is killing it and making money off of the pandemic
0: yes that is a huge reminder and um, so true, right? Because while while there are opportunities, you know, it's it's really hard, just even mentally and emotionally, as a founder, having to go through this, and it's such a, taking such a toll on everyone. So, you know, I always recommend people like take some time, really step back from the day to day of your business, and rethink about, um, you know, your personal why. You know, why are you doing this? Why are you running the business? And is what you're doing still aligning with that purpose? And if so, like, great, find a way to move through it. If not, you know, give yourself the leeway to make changes either in the business or what you're doing completely, but really make sure that you're, you know, enjoying what you're doing. It's so easy to feel like you're stuck in the business and that you can't make any changes. Um, you know, almost like the sunk cost fallacy, but yeah, it's so important to have that mental space.
1: Yeah, totally. Yep.
0: Well, perfect, Sasha. Well, it's so great being able to talk with you and best of luck with the future.
1: Thanks. Thanks. I appreciate it.